0: In the song, My Worship, by Phil Thompson, it starts off by saying, You, Lord, you are worthy. And no one can worship you for me, for all the things you've done for me. And no one can worship you for me. Here's my worship, all my worship. Receive my worship, all of my worship. And it continues on to speak to God and sing to God about, Here is my worship. I want to give it all to you. I'm not going to be silent about my worship and who you are and what you have done for me. While this song is beautiful, because I was listening to this song earlier today, and it's such a beautiful song. And it really does want to, it really places you in a, in a mindset, and a heart position of giving it all to God. God, you are worthy of my praise. You're worthy of the glory, worthy of the honor. But what is interesting is, as I was really listening to the song, I thought to myself the song is more so about what god has done for me not necessarily of what who god is i worship you because you are my savior i worship you because you are my healer i worship you because you are my redeemer i worship you because of all of these things i don't want to say things as a lack of better words that you are to me and i get it some people are like well He saved me, so that's why he's my savior, so that's what he's done for me. But are we seeing the fullness of our father? Do we understand the fullness and his true character in his heart, or are we just limiting God by our experience? Have we taken time to really dive into the word of God and into deep prayer to really understand his heartbeat? Because the prodigal son and the older brother They only knew one side of their father. They didn't see their father's heart. This is why the prodigal son knew that, he just knew in his mind that his dad was going to make him start over. The prodigal son was surprised, and I mean the older brother was surprised and upset that the father threw a party for the prodigal son. They didn't know their father's heart. So while it is very, very good that we give our worship and our praise to God, which is what we ought to do, this is what we should do, But are we limiting our worship and praise by only our life experience and how we think God will respond? Instead of asking the Holy Spirit to challenge us and to reveal to us through his word who he truly is. Let's talk. on episode five of season two conquering me podcast i am jennifer jefferson i am so Happy that you are back. Thank you for joining us. And and if this is your first time, welcome, come on in. Here we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. That is what Conquering Me is about. The only way for us to conquer ourselves and overcome the things that the enemy tries to throw at us is through our faith, through our belief in Christ, and also through our obedience, as well as studying the word of God. We have to become his students. We have to become so curious about who God is and how God operates in the systems and the spiritual realm and all these various things. Like really, really be- become okay with being challenged in the spirit. And this last final one of this four part series is, Uh, Will you receive or reject? And we have been coming from Luke 15, um, 11 through 25, I believe. And I hope I'm saying that correctly. But we have been talking about the prodigal son. And we know that the prodigal son is something, if you have been around church for any form of time, prodigal son was taught um, and preached on in 15 million levels, and it's always about come on back in way a child. You know, whatever it is, you know, however they preached it, it was always focused on the prodigal son. But in this one, the Lord wanted us to really, really break down and, and just how about this? Give different perspectives. We have the perspective of the prodigal son, the perspective of the older brother, and also the perspective of the father the heart of the father. And this is where we are going to end it, on the heart of the father. Will we receive or reject the heart of our father? What is interesting in this story, even though both were sons and they both had different positions, they both viewed their father in a very different way. The prodigal son, he viewed, his father of someone with grace. And this is, I'm just going off of what actions. If you read it, this is once again in Luke 15, 11 through 32. If you read the story, the prodigal son was bold enough to ask his father for his inheritance and leave and do what he wanted to do. So he understood the side of his father as a a giver. He understood him as someone who will allow, who is gracious, meaning they will allow you to go and discover the world on your own, right? Supportive. That's how he saw his father. Then the older brother, who was the one in the field, saw him as, I guess you could say a little bit more strict, You know, because he was always working. It's always about the actions and always about the duty. You know, I have to fulfill my father's duty. Because one of the things that the older brother said, I have always obeyed. He always listened to his dad. He was there for years while the younger brother was out doing his thing. But they only saw one portion of their father. Their father surprised both of them. And this is just what I love about God. I'm pretty sure any of us that have been saved for any amount of time, okay? (laughs) Any amount of time, we can see how God has surprised us by revealing another piece of his character and his heart towards us. The younger brother, who is the prodigal son, he was really prepared to start over. He was prepared to live and be with the servants. He was not prepared, nor did he think that his father would put him back in his rightful place. And see, here's the thing. When we only see God in a certain way, we can't see him in all aspects of who he is, right? So now imagine if the prodigal son decided to reject that side of his dad. And it's like, oh, no, my dad, I know he's going to make me sleep with the servants. I know he's going to make me start over. I know he's going to do all this stuff. But instead, he decided to receive his father's love and receive his father's restorative power and his redemptive power. When he did not make him start over from zero and make him start over with shame and condemnation, that let his son know, the younger son know that. My father is not only forgiving, but he restores and he places me in the right place. The older brother was always in the field working. Always in the field doing what God has called him to do. He was that faithful servant, that faithful soldier. like and that's what one of the things that I said in the podcast about the older brother. you know, some of us are the faithful ones. We're always there. We're always doing what God has called us to do. And yet we are not eating. We're not doing, we're not being a part of the fruit. We don't know how to accept the blessings. Everything is a problem. We don't know how to accept the blessing. You feel like you can only work, 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 work. And there's no rest in God. But when the father, this is the thing that I love. The father came after the older brother. So this lets us know that first of all, he chases after us. So when the Bible says that if he loses one, he'll uh, he'll go after that one and leave the 99 behind. God is so loving to where he chases after. After us, he comes to us and says, hey, what's going on? So this this mindset of how some Christians make God this very hard line, mean, petty God. Now, are there consequences? Yes. Does God allow things to happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. But for us to make it seem like that God is this mean, hard-nosed kind of military sergeant type of God, where He won't even come after you, He won't even put His arms around you, it is a false narrative that has really run rampant within the body of Christ. That comes from the pits of hell, and I'm just gonna we're gonna slice that. Period. That mindset comes from the enemy because what happens is if I can continue to serve in the church, continue to love God and do all these things, but yet I don't see him as a God who is so loving and compassionate, a father who will chase after me when I'm hurting, that means I can stay hurt. I can stay in shame. I can stay also in judgment so that when people are going through their stuff, I can tell them, well, you just need to get over it. That's just life. Then now I have no compassion. Because I have not experienced a father who has compassion. By the father in the parable, going after his older son, it displayed compassion. It displayed his love for his children. He wasn't waiting for his older son to gather himself. And when you finally get it together, we can have a conversation. Some of us have done that to loved ones. Well, when you get it together, we could talk about it. Now, the father was not in the wrong. The son was in the wrong. The older son was in the wrong. But he said, let me go after my child because I'm not going to lose him. I'm not going to allow anything to make him feel like he is not wanted, loved, or he is like, I don't desire him. And another thing that the older son found out was that, He said to him, you were always with him. This is what the father said to the older son. You were always with me. That means the parties, the access, the connections, all the things that I just threw for your younger brother, you had it all. So I've always given you all that you need. Some of us, we only know how to receive unless we have worked ourselves to the bone for it you feel like you have to earn love. You have to earn that position. You have to earn, and here's the thing. Some things, yes, God is saying you have to work for it. But it's not about you working for it in the sense of it's on your own power, and your own will. It is you working because you're working your faith out. If I believe that I one day will be able to buy a 10-bedroom home I am working my faith out about doing research, about um managing my money correctly. Am I moving up in my career? All of these things. This is the work this is the work without faith, right? So when we talk about work without faith is dead, it's not just go oh, God, you gonna do it, and I just keep living a life that is contradictory to what I'm believing for. No, I am now turning my ways towards my faith and what I'm believing God for. But what's interesting, going back to this prodigal son, parable. We have three parties, two sons, two different positions, but they only knew a part of their father. My father, before he passed away, the last message he preached, I remember going to his church and visiting his church. And he said, the title of the message was, do you know him? And as I was listening to my father preach, my dad was preaching his last message. We had no idea. I think my dad died like a year after that. And this is, I know, actually, well, this is right before the pandemic. So a lot of things, you know, this is when uh, service was still going on in person. And here in Washington State, we really shut down for a long time. We really did shut down for a long time. But that was the last message my dad preached. And he preached to the congregation. And the title was, Do You Know Him? I do not remember the scripture and I wish I would have remembered the scripture that he came from. But I remember walking away and really examining my heart and myself and asking God, do I know you? Or do I just know a version of you? Do I truly believe that you are who you say you are, who people have testified for you to be or Am I just repeating these things, but not having it really deeply seated, really root? I know I messed up, made up a word, <laughs> having it deeply rooted in my heart. Is that just where we are? So let's take a moment and really think about like, how do I know him? Do I know him only by my experiences? Or am I just curious about God to where I wanna see all that he is? Because let me help some of us out. If we feel like the only way to know God is through our experience, you're going to limit God. There is a whole Bible that is full of, of experience and stories and the written word of God and the character of God. And you will miss a lot of it if you don't realize that in order for me to know God is to know his word and to know Jesus Christ. Your experience, a.k.a. your testimony, is only a portion of your faith. It is only a portion of your faith. You uh, hopefully you believe that God is the one who created the heavens and earth and, and humankind that we did not evolve from monkeys. If you believe that, that means that, okay, I have to believe more than just what I have gone through, what I have seen. I hope I'm making sense. Knowing the heart of your father is knowing Christ himself. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The heart of your father is to give. And who did he give in order for us to really understand his heart? Was Christ himself. Christ himself. This is why it's imperative that Christians... We have to study the word of God. And I'm going to give you some suggestive points to start with. If you're like, I really want to know who Jesus Christ is, start with the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start there. Study that over and over and over. Please do not think I'm telling you to um, neglect the other portions of the Bible. No, because the Old Testament is very important because here's the truth of it. As you grow within your studies and as you grow within God, you will see that they were always talking about the coming of Christ thousands of years before Christ even walked. So there was always a preparation. The moment sin entered in, there was a preparation. God looked at Jesus in heaven and said, "You know you got to go down there one day." That you know, for some it look, Jesus was there. Follow us out of the Holy Spirit. They were all, all three of them were there. Let us make man in our image. That's what Genesis is talking about. So we had to, so Jesus, the coming of Christ was always foretold. There was always a preparation for the Messiah. And so when Christ came on the scene, this is when we have now the beauty of understanding his character in his heart. We understand now how we can move. What I always thought was funny is when the glimpse that we had of when Jesus was young, when Jesus was young and when his mother, when his mother told him um, to turn water into wine and the other um, scenarios when uh, Mary and Joseph was looking for him after the festival and Jesus decided he was going to go in the temple. And Jesus was like, what you looking for me for? Woman, I'm about my father's business. But Jesus still had to listen to Mary and Joseph and Jesus still had to listen to Mary when he turned the water into wine. Why? Because now we have a true living example of Christ fulfilling the word that was in Proverbs of children obey your parents. The Bible works together. But in order for us to really know how to walk this thing out, walk our faith out, how to truly operate in love, we have to know the heart of God, which is Christ. Think about it. When Jesus was betrayed by Judas, he didn't fuss at him. He didn't cuss at him. He didn't sit here and just automatically, how about this? Because some of us Christians were, know why I'm not a cusser in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to do this. But we sure quick to put people in hell. Jesus didn't even do that. Jesus just gave him a kiss and went about his business. Peter denied Jesus three times and already told him, I know you're about to deny me, but that's good. It's okay. But Jesus being the loving father and the loving example of redemption and restoration and forgiveness and how to really bring people back into the fold. When he came back, he said, go get my disciples and Peter. That's an example of when people betray us. We can't be so quick to throw them to the wolves. We can't be so quick to say, you know what, forget them. My husband said this uh, uh, last week and it was so good. He said uh, we were having this conversation with this other couple and it was so beautiful. And one thing that he said was persecuted towards purpose. And we were talking about in Acts 8 when they were all fellowshipping. And this is after the fall of the Holy Spirit. So everyone's having a good time. They Basically, they have an ongoing long revival. And Jesus had, I mean, God himself had to bring persecution in so the word can go out, right? Sometimes some of these things that we go through, the persecution and the suffering and all these things, it is for our purpose. But the question is, how are we handling it? Are we handling it based off of what we've seen others in the church handle? Are we seeing it off of what the news tells us how to handle or some little self-help book handle it, whatever it is. But the prime example that we should be walking after and and desiring is the heart of God, who is Christ himself. God reveals his true nature by the way that God, by the way that Christ moved. It is so, so important that we begin to be students of Christ. When Mary and Martha, when Jesus was talking to them, Martha was busy. She was doing the work, like the prodigal son, doing the work. I mean, the prodigal son's older brother, doing the work. Mary was at the feet of Christ. Martha got upset told Jesus, hey, tell her to get to work. What's she doing? And all this, yes, I am paraphrasing. (laughs) I don't want you to go Google. uh, Martha told Jesus she need to get to work. Um, But Mary, the Lord says she's where she needs to be. Here's the thing. It does not matter what we are physically doing. Our heart posture should always be at the feet of Christ. I've said this multiple times over this in this podcast. The heart of God, I'm going to keep stressing this, is Christ himself. We can no longer be the checkbox Christians. We can no longer be the Christians to where I've done. I've gone to church. I've done my duty for today and that is it. But yet I don't know how to move in my relationships like Christ. I don't know how to raise my children like Christ. I don't know how to be a loving spouse the way that Christ would. I don't know how to work and be an employee like Christ. I don't know all these things. And I I know some of you are like, well, Jennifer, he wasn't some of these things. But you can see how he was in relationships. You can see how he was in in, uh, natural settings. You can see how he operated with religious leaders. You can see how he did. All of these things gave us examples on how to move. How to move? How do we even talk to people? I love when Jesus spoke to the crowd, it was always in parables. It made you think and it was in a very relatable way. But a lot of the times when Jesus called people out, it was on one on one or to the religious leaders of that time. Now, anyone who's been in church nowadays know that people don't like calling out uh, leaders, church leaders. They don't want to hear that. They'll go ahead and throw that scripture on you. Uh, Spirit of the prophet accepted to the prophet or touch not my anointing. People have used that scripture and abused those scriptures to make people not say anything to pastors, leaders, teachers, preachers, whatever title that they have who are completely out of order. But if we see the way that Jesus moved, we could see Jesus didn't mind rocking the boat. Jesus didn't mind stirring up stuff. Jesus didn't mind healing people that they, others didn't feel were deserving of healing. Jesus didn't mind certain things, but first we got to see him and know him. Do we know him? The scripture and the written word of God reveals the truth of who God is. But how are you studying? When are you studying? And this is, and please, this is no knock against the apps. Where um you have your one scripture meditative scripture right? I know Bible app has that to where daily they have your scripture and it, you can have a little streak, a little streak going of hey I've been reading this word I've been reading a scripture daily. But here's the thing let's let's see if we can add on to that. The scripture that is given for that day, take time to really meditate on it. And then take another 10 minutes and read the scriptures, two, three scriptures above and after to really understand what is this? What is are these passages of scripture saying? Or even if you just want to stay on that scripture, break down that scripture. For God so loved the world. OK, God so loved the world. Who is God? Go through five scriptures that talk about who God is. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is our very present help. Like go through all these things to break down what the scripture is in order for us to know the heart of God. The enemy is pulling us away by becoming distracted and making us feel comfortable by the bare minimum that we are doing. In the last days that we are living in, we can no longer have a C-minus mentality within our faith. I'm gonna do just enough to get by. Well, this is how my grandmother taught me this is who Jesus was. This is how my granddaddy, my mama, my daddy, all the generations before. Look, that worked for them. They were not living in your day. They were not living in this time. They are not facing the battles that you have to face. They are not gonna have the conversations that you will have to have. You have to know God for yourself. But the question is, do you know him? Do you only know them in the pardon of your sins? One of the toughest things that I've had to see since being back home in the place where I was born and raised of seeing people who have been preachers, teachers, pastors, all of these positions, all of my life. And I seen they're in the same place that they were when I left home over 20 years ago. That was tough for me to see. It was tough for me to see them preach the same message. Over and over and over, and not even a new revelation within the same scripture. It was tough for me to see that the only time when they spoke of the goodness of Jesus is when they talked about his testimony of when they first met Christ, which was for a lot of them forty, fifty years ago. Now that's a blessing and it's beautiful, right? We never want to get we we never want to forget what God has done for us. But the question is, am I stuck in this place if I only remember him in the pardon of my sins of when I first came to him? When God gave instructions for the 12 um, for Israel to have to get to gather 12 stones for representing the 12 tribes and they put those stones there to represent where God has brought them from. They were not supposed to stay there and reminisce on a consistent basis. It was a time for them to tell the next generation, this is where God has brought me from. But yet, we are grateful for the promised land. And if you read the story of the children of Israel, we know that a lot of them did not even make it into the promised land, including Moses himself. What are we holding on to or what vision or what version of God that we are holding on to that is keeping us from moving into the promised land, into the fullness of God? a land that's flowing with milk and honey. You only see God as this. God is so much more, but are we curious about him? Do we ask him to reveal more of himself to us when we study the word of God? Are we inviting the Holy Spirit in? Are we saying Lord, I'm going to create an atmosphere when I open up your word because I'm in anticipation that I'm going to gain from you. Or is it something that just makes us feel better because I know I've studied, I read, but I'm not really seeking to have a conversation with my father. When we read the word of God, it is a conversation. He's telling us more about who he is, about his miraculous ways about the mysteries of the spiritual realm, about Christ himself, about he chosen broken people to fulfill his will from Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, from the disciples. All these people were just humans, messed up. They all had issues, but yet God chose them. Do we look at the Bible of him having this written love letter to us Of his forgiveness, of his power, of his glory, of who he is, all that who he is. He is a strategist. He is intelligent. He is all wisdom. Do we do that? And I really want us to have like a real, like honest conversations with ourselves. When I study the word of God, if I study the word of God, how do I do it? Is it my checklist or am I really sitting at my father's feet ready to know his heart? And when you hear it, will you receive or you reject it? Will you be thankful when the spirit of pride comes up? Because you're like, God, I thank you for showing me pride. You're letting me know I got to give this over to you. That that's hurts. God, forgive me of my prideful ways. I'm going to give this over to you. Teach me about pride. I'm gonna, let me study your word of what it says about pride. And what do I need to put in this place? Oh, humility. Okay, God, humble myself on the mighty hand of God. Okay, let me think about how mighty you are, how great you are. Our time with God should not be a routine it should be anticipation of having a one-on-one conversation with our father. From the prodigal son to the older brother. They only knew one side of their dad. They didn't have, maybe they didn't have a lot of conversations. Maybe they did, but maybe it was the same questions. Maybe they asked the same questions over and over and over. But they didn't take sit, step back and take time to see all of the father and his glory and all of the kingdom and all that he is and how much of a provider he is. Certain things and certain times in our lives, we need to step back and have a review of our walk with God and say, how am I viewing God? Because how you view God It does affect how you walk in life, how you communicate him, how you talk about him, how you even help others. If you feel like God is about ready, he's sitting up there ready to throw down lightning bolts every time you mess up. That's why you have no grace for other people. This is why it's hard for you to admit your wrongs. This is why it's hard for you to accept help. Or maybe you're the ones where you love to give grace and you love to do all these things, but you refuse to correct people. But the Bible talks about he chases after those he loves. David said that rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Those are the little taps that pull me back in. Ah, you're letting me know I'm still yours, but I'm doing too much. Let me pull, pull me back on in, Jesus. How do we see God. And it is a constant, a constant, a constant. It's a daily journey to see him differently. But you have to have that desire to see him differently. So that is my prayer. My prayer is number one for those who do not know him, period. You do not know Christ as your personal savior. I ask that you open your heart and open up your mouth and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. I believe that you are the true and living God and you are the living son of God himself. You died and you rose for me. Forgive me of my sins. I repent and I am chasing after you. If you have said that you are saved, you have believed this in your heart, you are saved. We are so happy. We are rejoicing. The Lord is so happy that one of his children is back home. You are back. And this prayer is for those of us who are in the faith. We've been saved, but maybe we have kind of become stagnant or stuck in our walk with God. We only see him as this. And you know what this is. You know how you view God. How do you know how you view God? Check your language. Check your language and check, check your actions. What you are willing to do and what you will not do. What you will and won't say. What you will and won't have faith for. What you have, what you decide to control and what you decide not to control. When people tell their testimonies or they show their heart, Do you automatically believe that they're liars? Or do you just say, you know what? I can see that as a possibility. Or you're like, hmm, I want to know God about like that. Examine yourself. Ask the Holy Ghost to open up your eyes and your ears to you. And that's what we're going to do. God, we thank you and we praise you. For you exposing your heart to us. You have already given us Jesus Christ. You have given us your word. And God, you have anointed people to write books and commentaries and study guides so that we can have a better and a further understanding of who you are. But number one, you have given us the Holy Spirit because he is our guide and he is our teacher. And we thank you for that. We will never dismiss the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our study time and in our prayer time, God. I ask that you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to open our eyes to ourselves. How have we limited you? How have we said, I believe God, but only in this way? We may not even exactly said that, but our words and our actions and how we move in our day-to-day life says that. Open our eyes to you. Because the day and age we are living in Jesus, we have to know you. We have to know you far better than what we know what every disciple has said in the Bible. We have to know you. We have to be Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused, and Jesus-first people. And we thank you, Lord, because we know that you will answer that. And you have answered that for all those who have heard me and they are sincere in their hearts. You are going to do that. And we thank you and we praise you. And I'm actually a, a prayer to those who are slightly resistant. That you begin to arrest them. You open up their eyes. For those who've said, I know what I know about God. They have just limited who you are, limited themselves. So God, I thank you. And I bind that spirit of arrogance and, and pride within them and over them and within their house, that spirit of tradition over them. In the name of Jesus, let your spirit of growth and fruitfulness come into this place right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I love you all. I hope you all have gained something from this series. This is a four-part series. If you are just catching on on this part, go back to, I think it was episode two of season two um and there we talk about the prodigal sign the various points so let's talk about that if you have more questions anything this is something i would love to continue to do to where we just take down a passage of scriptures and look at it from different perspectives and i believe this is where god is going to lead me in the future so just continue to pray for me let's continue to pray for each other as we grow in christ love you all and see you next friday